Our New Testament passage today picks up in Revelation chapter 16. Now, it's strange to be reading the book of Revelation during the happiness of Christmas season because as we did get to the end of the tribulation, the judgment is very, very severe. Chapter 16, verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple. Now notice, from the temple, a loud voice. <laughs> There's loud voices in heaven. Telling the seven angels, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth. Harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. Now notice. People who bore the mark and who worshipped his image. Not the animals that are left. Okay, just the people. Notice the people. And a very specific group of people. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea. And it became blood like the blood of a corpse. And every living thing died that was in the sea. Now that's just amazing. Now, the blood of a corpse, that's coagulated blood, stinky, full of blood clots, very dark, turning black. So the blood of a corpse and every living thing died. Now, I want you to understand, before the tribulation is finished, before the millennium begins and God makes everything new, every fish, every shrimp, every crab, every oyster, every whale, every living creature in the oceans dies. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. Does this sound similar to God getting the attention of Pharaoh in Egypt? Yeah. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters saying, now notice, there's an angel in charge of the waters. Now, <laughs> angels have responsibility. Okay. Angels have responsibilities. The angel in charge of the water say, Just are you, O holy one, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. Wow. This is called reaping what you sow. And I heard the altar saying, yes, Lord God, the almighty true and just are your judgments. So true and just are your judgments. Now, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. All right, so now we're going to have solar flares. We're going to have loss of ozone. I don't know, something in this area. They were scorched by the fierce heat. Wow. People just, their skins burned in the sun. And they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. Now, brothers and sisters, you talk about a stubborn heart. 
Now, I, I've watched people get into this situation and they they just get more stubborn and they get harder and they get harder and they get harder. And this is what these people have done. Now, the fifth angel poured out his blood on the throne of the beast. Wow. On the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish. Wow. The beast and its kingdom. Satan's kingdom was plunged into darkness. And people who lived in Satan's kingdom gnawed their tongues in anguish. Can you imagine being in such pain? And remember, you've got painful soils, boils. You have no fresh water and you can't desalinate the ocean. You're being scorched by fire and there's no water. And now total darkness. And they gnawed their tongues in anguish. And they cursed the God of heaven. And they did not repent of their deeds. Wow. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. This is China and Asia. China and Asia. And its water was dried up because the armies of Asia will march across the dried up riverbed of the Euphrates. Now, here's something fascinating. When the sixth angel pours out his bowl, he said, I saw coming from the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast. So this is the Antichrist throne. This would be Western Europe. Out of the mouth of the dragon and the mouth of the beast. So this is Satan and this is the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. So notice the phrase out of, out of, and out of. Three unclean spirits like frogs. These are frog spirits. You know, I looked at one of our church members one time. I was buying something in their shop and I recognized them. And I noticed that they had a, a frog spirit with a little coin in its mouth. And I said, you know, that's an idol. There is a demon that's a frog spirit. They looked at me. They were so surprised. Yeah, this, this is where the scripture comes from. Now, I want you to notice, Satan has a demon. Satan is demon-possessed. The Antichrist is demon-possessed. The false prophet is demon-possessed. <laughs> Out of. For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. Now, how do they assemble? When you, you put this together with other scriptures, you actually find that at the Battle of Armageddon, the armies of China and Asia are joined with the armies of the South, which are the armies of Africa. And they come together in a giant pincer movement to attack the armies of the Antichrist 
in the Valley of Armageddon, the Valley of Jezreel, there in Israel. So the, these demonic spirits are actually creating hatred and war between all the nations of the world. This will be, this will literally be the last great world war. The last great world war. The armies of Asia are attacking the Antichrist army. The armies of Africa join with them. Now, this is all assembled by these demonic spirits that create a world war against, which is so funny to me, against the Antichrist. So they go out to the they go out to the whole world. Now notice, there's three spirits. One will come to Asia, one will go to the south, and one will go to the Antichrist. So these three spirits go to the three great territories of the earth at that time and assemble this great war against each other. <laughs> now, you know, you look at stuff like this and you go, you know, the devil doesn't even stand united with his own. The devil, does, you know, when, when people get full of the devil, you got to understand, they, they think the devil's going to help them. <sighs> Forget it. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and been exposed. So here is a little parenthesis that Jesus puts in here. And they assembled them at a place which in Hebrew is called Armageddon. That's the great Jezreel Valley. Every year in Israel, it's one of the very first places we go to. On the very first day after we land, we go to Caesarea, we go to Mount Carmel, and we go to Armageddon. Yeah, it's a really cool, that very first day. In fact, if it's a nice, beautiful day, we actually eat outdoors on beautiful picnic-style tables overlooking the Jezreel Valley. That Napoleon Bonaparte, forgot his name for a minute, Napoleon Bonaparte called the greatest battlefield in the world. And, and when you see how it's laid out, it is the greatest battlefield in the world. The seventh angel poured his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of heaven saying from the throne, it is done. All right. Judgment is finished. Thank God. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as has never been before since man on earth. So great was that earthquake. Can you imagine the greatest earthquake in world history. That's part of the last judgment. So the great city, this is Jerusalem, was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. All right, so the cities of the world fell, all the capital cities. I mean, when, please forgive me, but when this earthquake hits, um, Makati will be no more. Ortigas will be no more. Binondo will be no more. All the high rises flattened. The greatest earthquake in world history. And God remembered Babylon the Great. This would be the false church to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. All right, so forgive me. 
Philippines does not exist. After this great earthquake, our nation would just descend into the water. Every island fled away. Every island. Every one of our islands. Every island. And no mountains were found. There'll be no more Himalayan mountains. There'll be no more Nepal. There'll be no more Rocky Mountains or Canadian Rockies. There'll be no more Sierra Madres. The earth will have no more mountains. One earthquake and everything is flat again. Now, I've read some interesting research on that. You know, it's, it's speculation lung. But I've often wondered when, when God created the world, did he put the mountains there or has this been part of the earth's groaning? The volcanoes and the, and the tectonic plates shifting. Has this been all part of the earth's groaning? And the way God created it, everything is more or less flat. Interesting thought. I've read some interesting research on it. And great hailstones, 100 pounds each. Imagine a ball of ice. A ball of ice the size of a sack of rice. <laughs> oh, great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people. I got news for you. If a 50 kilo block of ice hits you falling from the sky, and they cursed God for the plague of hail because the plague was so severe. Now, I want you to notice all the times they cursed God. when all they really had to do was repent. <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, you know, I've watched God's hand heavy on people before, and I've watched them get madder and madder and angrier and angrier and bitter and bitterer. But you know the best thing to do when you've messed up and God's hand is on you and judgment flows? You ask for mercy because he's not appointed us to wrath. You are an object of his mercy. His grace flows to your life. Don't ever get a bad attitude with God. A bad attitude with God never wins. Always keep a soft and a submissive heart with God. All right. This is some this is some pretty heavy stuff, especially to read at Christmas time. But aren't you glad the Savior was born and we've been redeemed from all of this? All right. Let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Oh, the tension I give you 
Testament passage today picks up in Zephaniah chapter 1. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Jedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. So now we, we have our place in time, all right? So you sit there and you think back, all right, Josiah was the king of Judah. Those are the two tribes area. Okay, I got that. I understand. Okay, got this together. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble of the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. Wow. <laughs> I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests. Wow. God does not take idolatry lightly. God considers idolatry spiritual adultery, whoring, as he calls it. 
Those who bow down on the roofs, on their roofs, to the host of heaven, those who bow down and swear to God and yet swear by Milcom as another demon god. And he said, listen, I, I don't get this stuff. He said, you know, I'm your God, and you go up on the, on the roof of your house, and you bow down to the stars and the moon, the, the ancient gods of, of Egypt. He said, I don't get this stuff. You bow down and swear to me, and then you, you swear by Milcom, another demon god. Those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him, be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. On that day, on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. And notice, leaps over the threshold. You know why people didn't step on the threshold? <laughs> Go back in your Bible and study. The god Dagon fell on his face and split in two on the threshold. So that was one of the superstitions of that day. It was part of, again, demonic worship. And those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. Wow. In other words, those who work for somebody else and in their employ, they fill their house with violence. And while they're in their employ, they fill their house with fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Woe, O inhabitants of mortar, for the traders are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. All right. So these people say God is not involved. Wow. Complacency. You want to understand complacent Christianity? They think there's no use in serving God. Complacent Christians say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. A complacent Christian really doesn't believe in the reality of the promises of God and really doesn't believe in the reality of reaping what you sow. Now, that, that's a complacent Christian. Now you, you have to look at your hearts and understand. God will do good and God will bring judgment. That's real Christianity. Their goods shall be plundered and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they will not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink the wine of them. Okay? There's no for complacent Christians. Okay? No blessings. No enjoyment of the blessings. God gives them things, but they, because they think God doesn't do it, they never get to enjoy it. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress, a day of anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. 
I will bring distress on mankind, so that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. Now, this is an important truth. Wealth does not protect you from God. Now, you got to get a hold of that. Wealth is no defense against God. See, rich people believe that their, their wealth is their fortified wall, that as long as they have money, they don't care what goes on in the rest of the world. They really don't care. You know, there are business people in this world today that don't care at all about this COVID-19 because they're living on their fancy exotic islands or they've gone to their beautiful places in the provinces and they're having a wonderful life. For them, their wealth provides protection. But against God, silver and gold means nothing. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. These are the prophecies. Chapter 2, verse 1. Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation. Before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commandments. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden on the day of the Lord's anger. Who receives mercy? The humble, those who seek righteousness, those who seek humility, they receive mercy. For Gaza shall be deserted. Remember the Gaza Strip? This is Gaza. For Gaza shall be deserted. Ashkelon shall become a desolation. Ashdod's people shall be driven out at noon. Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to you inhabitants on the seacoast, you nation of the Carthites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines. And I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. And you, O seacoast, shall be pastures with meadows for shepherds and folds for flocks. The seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah on which they shall graze. And in the houses of Ashkelon, they shall lie down at evening for the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. God always has a remnant. Now, if you would go with us to Israel today, you would notice the seacoasts are... <laughs> do belong to the land of Judah, do belong to Israel. And that's where their sheep graze, and that's where they raise great harvests of food. The seacoast belong to Israel today. It's not just the mountains anymore. Now the seacoast also. All these prophecies are fascinating to study. Every prophecy that God says is true. All right, so our Old Testament passage was a little shorter today. We're Coming down near the end of our Old Testament passage as well as our New Testament passage, I want to remind you of candlelight communion coming up. Now, that will be tomorrow night. 
Yeah, today's Wednesday, so tomorrow night. It's already Christmas, grave. Tomorrow night. Now, if you can't make it to the services, and we know it's 30% capacity, Kaya, we've opened up all of our campuses. Uh, we've asked you to have the communion prepared at home. We've been passing them out and giving them to all of our members so that we can do this together. This weekend, when you come into services, please collect another set of communion for all the family, because on Christmas Eve, we don't have a service at church at all, but on Christmas Eve, we're going to sit down with everybody online, and we're going to have a wonderful prayer time and communion time, praying for 2021, the year of restoration. All right, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Morning devotions for Christmas Eve.